Welcome to the Raising Smart Kids podcast. I'm your host, Yang Pratt, and each week we'll explore ways in which the arts can help you raise a smarter kid. I'll be sharing ways the arts can propel your child's learning and interviewing top artists, educators, and entrepreneurs. These guests will share why the arts are so very important to your child, along with actionable ideas you can easily implement into your already busy schedule. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast here on iTunes and share us with a friend. For extra tips on raising smart kids, head on over to artsmartparenting.com and click on the live tab. Welcome back to the Raising Smart Kids podcast. This is Jan Pratt, your partner in raising smarter kids through the arts. Our guest today is Maggie Kazemba. Maggie, I want to welcome you to the show. Thanks for having me. Can you take a few moments and fill in our listeners about who you are, what you do, and how we connected? So my name is Maggie Kazemba, and I'm from Spokane, Washington. I am the owner and director of Spokane Elite Dance Studio, and I'm also the co-director for the Spokane Empire Indoor Football Dance Team. It's a semi-pro team. Um, and I was formerly the head coach for the Washington State University Crimson Girl Dance Team. Um, I connected with Young through uh, Studio Success Formula and Dance Dance Studio Owners Association. We just were two of the people that were really invested in furthering ourselves and our, our studios. And so we kept connecting over and over and sort of developed this professional relationship from across the country, which I think is really cool. Absolutely. And I remember you and I, we would, we would schedule a book club meeting and often we were the only two who were there. So we would, you know, inspire one another to, to do our task that week and, you know, constantly make some improvement in our studios. Exactly. We held each other accountable. Yes. And I think everybody, whether you're a business owner, a parent, you know, I think accountability is such a, an important step these days that sometimes I feel that it is often overlooked. I totally agree. So Maggie, I want to go back to the very beginning. It sounds like dance has really just been your main focus for a number of years. Um, let's talk about how you got into dance. Uh, I started dancing when I was three years old. I don't know if it was my idea or my mom's idea. I, I actually have not ever talked to her about that. Um, but I, we started at three years old, and pretty much I have never stopped. She, you know, she kept me committed to it. Every year I definitely wanted to re-enroll, and every year I would start to get disheartened a little bit because I didn't have, you know, the typical dancer body. And, and unfortunately, um, you might agree with me on that when we were – growing up and training that there was a typical body that I don't think that that exists anymore, that it's just, um, you know, in dance, we now see that strength is, um, is the most important thing and not, and not your actual appearance. And that didn't exist when I was growing up. And so I would get disheartened every once in a while because I was a ballerina and, um, and, you know, but she just would say, nope, you committed to this. And, you know, she was that person holding me accountable and dance held me accountable to so many things as well. And, uh, yeah, I just, I fell in love with it. It was like my therapy. I would go and I would stand at the bar and I would forget the, the bar with an R-E. Um, and I would forget everything 
that, uh, you know, that was, that was wrong in the world. Everything that was happening at school that maybe stressed me out or, you know, anything like that. And, um, you know, a little bit ago, Young and I were talking about dance excellence. I got the, the chance to go to dance excellence and that's what really, I think, solidified my love for dancing. It opened my eyes to what was out there in the world and exactly how dance connects us as people. And that became such a magical um, experience for me. And I knew that I wanted to share that with so many other kids. And so, you know, I, I took a few weird paths and I, I actually majored in architecture, got my master's in architecture. Um, I did that for a little bit, but then I became a mom. And I think becoming a parent yourself, you know, you start to um, reprioritize your entire life. And I started, you know, really thinking about what, you know, what, what is it that I want to share with my kids? And to me, investing myself into my dance studio, um, that became that thing that I could always share that with my kids and that I knew that the lessons that they were being taught were, you know, exactly what I wanted them to, to get out of their childhood. And, and I have the opportunity to give that to hundreds of other kids as well. And so that's, that's really what led me to where I am today. And I love talking to studio owners about their path into studio ownership and sharing their passions with kids because I think most people, I've, I've talked to very few people anyway, whose path is very direct, you know, and so to hear that your path took you, you know, in a very roundabout way through architecture to being a mom to back into the studio, it's such a great lesson for kids to see these days too that you know, what you think is going to be your path today may not be your path tomorrow, but that's part of the fun. That's the adventure. Exactly. I think as long as you stay in a growth mindset and that you're just wanting to learn and get better, that you really can't go wrong. I agree 100%. And, and I know it seems that there's so much pressure on kids these days to achieve perfection or, you know, their teachers in school expect a certain level of excellence, which I think there's nothing wrong with that, but I think sometimes the way that it's being perceived by the kids and the stress that it induces sometimes can be a little overwhelming. Definitely. So I want to back up a little bit because you had a couple of great things um, in, in, your, in your answer. And the first one I want to address is the self-image because I think, like you said, back in the 80s, the 90s, I think, yeah, there was this perception that if you wanted to be a dancer your body had to look a certain way or be a certain size or fit into a certain size clothes and I love that in this day and age when you even just scroll across YouTube or you look at what people across the world are posting I love seeing every shape every size every uh, different kind of background you can imagine and like you said they're all coming together because of dance because it's, it's the one universal language we can all share Exactly. No, I think it's inspiring. Even as a choreographer, which is, uh, you know, another part of my passion that uh, that's the one thing I've never stopped is chore uh, choreographing. And, um, you know, I love that every single artist brings something different to the table. And it's a new type of challenge for the choreographers. But it's 
you know, it's something that it, it makes you feel alive because it connects so much deeper to the human soul and not just an image. You know, I think that for a long time, um, you know, dance, it's always been an art, but for, for so much of it, it was just a visual art. And now it's, it's something that's filled with so much expression that we connect to it. And that's why it's taken off the way that it has, because it's real people and real stories. Um, it, it, it's actually an art that is felt and not just appreciated. Absolutely. And I think that with so many dance shows coming on to mainstream television, I think that's really opened up a lot of people's eyes and expanded what dance really is. It's not just in the classroom behind closed doors and you go do a ballet a couple times a year. It really is all styles, all different kinds of people from all different kinds of background coming together to tell these great stories. Exactly. And I think that that's what art is. I think you know, people, people will sometimes criticize that, you know, like here in the States, we don't have a ton of culture or anything, but I think that, I think that dance is exactly representing our culture. You know, our culture is about the human, the human experience. And, you know, yes, we we're so incredibly lucky to live the way that we do, but, you know, the American journey and, you know, the story and how people end up being who they are you know, because that is our way of life, that's the way that dance is expressed. And I think it's, I think it's really cool. I agree with you completely. And I know that there's so many activities for kids these days, you know, whether it's soccer, now with the Olympics going, people are jumping into swimming and diving and gymnastics. And there's so much energy and passion wanting these kids to be involved in so many activities to give them some perspective, I guess. With so many activities to choose from, though, why do you think participating in the arts, in particular dance, is so important for kids these days? Uh, for sure, I think it's, well, I would say it's two things. Um, the first thing, and, and kids get this being a part of many activities, but I think dance especially, um, we need to get kids away from technology a little bit, just, just for a little bit of time every day. <laughs> so we kind of we get so obsessed with that online persona that we forget to check in with who we actually are. And I believe that dance gives you that opportunity more than other, um, other sports and, and that kind of thing. Um, I also, I think that that becomes, sorry, that that comes from um, the freedom of self-expression that you experience while you're dancing, that you become an artist and not just an athlete. So there is the athletic component to it, um, but there's also the artistic side. And that brings a sort of mindfulness that you may not get from other things where you are so obsessed about a score or you know an outcome that dance has a little bit more freedom from that. Yeah, I agree. And I love the fact that you mentioned mindfulness because it's something that as an adult, I have to constantly tell myself to do that. And I think with the technology, kids have a hard time being mindful because they're not spending tons and tons of time searching inwards. They're looking to outward things like social media or their phones or their friends to gain that acceptance. But I love that when you come to a dance class, you can put all of that aside and really get there 
to be a better you. Not about anything else or anything yeah. else, but it's about every student coming into the classroom and getting better today than they were yesterday. That's our goal every single day. Absolutely. Getting better every day. I also think that with, you know, with sports and stuff like that, because, and, and my kids play, you know, they play sports. They, I'm not anti-sports. But I do think that there's so much focus on, um, you know, whether it's the, the score or, being, you know, how much play time you get or what kind of scholarship, you know, those types of things that kids will specialize much too soon and too soon for their bodies and what their bodies are able to do. Whereas with dance, there's a lot more crossover that we're not, you know, we're not um, impeding on their actual physical development. We're, we're enhancing it. And so I think that it goes hand in hand with, with any type of athlete, that if they were in a dance class, it would actually make them a better athlete as well because our whole entire um, structure, especially for, you know, something like ballet, is about enhancing the human body and what already exists rather than trying to um, make it do something that's not natural to it. Exactly. And there's lots of great articles that I've read lately and that I often share with our parents about exactly what you said, that dance is helping tons of professional athletes be better in their sport because it's not all about using the same muscles repetitively over time, it's about using the entire body and how you can use it to its maximum effectiveness. Exactly. So I wanna talk about something too that I think that, I think lots of parents are struggling with these days and I think it's a lot, it has a lot to do with being on social media and trying to live up to other people's expectations and that's confidence. You know, I, I see lots of kids walking down the street these days, you know, and they have this, they have this posture that just makes me sad. You know, they're kind of hunched over, their head is down, you know, and I, and I wonder what's happening to them on the inside, if that's their outward portrayal. So how do you think that the arts can help bolster and build these kids up so they become more confident adults? I think it gives them the power to feel like it's okay to be themselves that, you know, especially we talked a little bit about body image already, and it, it kind of comes back to stuff like that, where we're not all cookie cutters, you know, the same, the same exact replica, uh, replica of each other. We are each individuals. And I know in my classes, I really emphasize for the kids how they can be the best version of themselves. But yes, um, you know, the girl over there, she might be able to, you know, put her leg up and behind her head and twist into a pretzel, you know, but it's like, you, not everyone has to be able to do that. And we can put together this beautiful piece where we highlight that moment, but then you get your, your time to shine because you are a beautiful turner and I'll have you do, you know, a quadruple pirouette or, you know, something like that over here to highlight your strength and to, you know, just to really make kids feel like they are worthy of time and attention and that they are in a safe place. I tell my instructors, you know, if the only thing that the kids get 
out of being in the dance class, which I would, I would hope is not the case. But if it is, I would say it was a win. Is that they can now enter a room confidently and with their head held high and make eye contact with adults and maybe even talk a little bit at the win. You know, that, 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 that kid is now going to come away from this class a better person that will, you know, lead them for the rest of their lives. Um, and, and I've had that happen with kids. You know, they might stand on stage at the end of the recital and they don't really know what's going on as far as the dance moves. But this year it was this little boy. And he, when he first started taking, he would hide behind his mom and, you know, couldn't even look at me. And at the end of your recital, he came up and just had the biggest smile and is looking at me all by himself. His mom's nowhere near in sight. And he, he said, thank you, Miss Maggie. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, he's grown so much. And it had nothing to do with him. I think it's because we are equally developing the souls and, you know, who these kids are as people just as much as their physical abilities. And that's such a great takeaway for parents, too, that, you know, in the quest for finding activities for our kids, it's easy to find the ones that are, you know, fit into our schedule perfectly or fit into our financial picture perfectly. But it's a whole other story to take a look at these activities that you're considering and find the ones that are going to make your child a better person for having been involved. Definitely. And, it's, and, and I know that now becoming a parent, um, it's totally reshaped the way that I approach our dance classes because I see that where so much of the real value is. And I make sure to share that with our parents. And I'm, I, you know, I love that you do that as well. Yeah, definitely the whole you know, dance classes teach life lessons is so applicable because what we're doing in our classrooms is shaping lives beyond the technique. We're teaching them to be accountable. We're teaching them to be self-confident. We're teaching them to be great leaders. So certainly it goes above and beyond just the skill base. And I know there are parents who, when they're looking for things, they want the child to be the next so-and-so on stage. When we know as directors and teachers that it's more important that they walk away with a sense of confidence and self-worth than it is on how many turns or how big their leaps are. Exactly. Because we can't, you look at, you know, the journey that I had or the, your journey to get to here, you know, it's never a straight path. But if you develop the person, then it doesn't matter what path they end up on. It doesn't matter how many turns or forks in the road they come to, they're going to be okay. And it may lead them back to dance and it might not, you know, but they're going to be better for it. Yes. And like we said earlier, the idea of being better tomorrow than you were today really rings true in, in all of our classrooms. Definitely. So Maggie, here on the show, we're all about helping parents raise smarter kids. We've talked about confidence and we've talked about body image and we've talked about mindfulness. How do you think that the arts helps parents to raise smarter kids? I think that, I think that all you know, we, we did touch on mindfulness. We haven't talked a ton about it. I think that creativity comes from mindfulness. And it's one of the greatest gifts that we can share with our kids because it's so rare right now. I look at how different my kids' lives are 
from the way that I grew up and then even from the generation before that. And you can only imagine where this is going to get to, (laughs) you know, because it's only happening quicker and quicker. And I think that mindfulness is something that is very rare in our society. And it is something that the art provides us that because to me, our human consciousness or, you know, human thought, our feelings, our experiences, our opinions, it's something that is alive and it's part of our story that we lose that in so many other aspects of our life. And so the art is constantly bringing us back to that and helping parents to teach that to their kids. Even though the kids are coming to a class with other people, it's really about searching inwardly and becoming that best version of yourself. Yes, you know you're going to stand next to the girl who can do this or that, or, and this particular student may never do that, but they bring their own unique gifts to the table. And for them to understand that the importance of what they bring is as valuable as the skills they're learning in class. That's huge. Yes. And, and, you know, we're human. We thrive in social situations. We need that in order to grow. And so I think it just pushes us to be our best version of ourselves. But if it was just, you know, it's why I try to get kids to not only take private lessons, but private lessons can be, can be a supplement to a group lesson, um, but not the other way around. Because I think that kids get so much more out of group lessons. And they need that social interaction, but it's not because they're comparing themselves to the person next to, next to them. They're growing, they're growing because those people are around them, because they have the energy from those people and the support from the people that are in their classes. And I love the, the camaraderie that's created. I know for our music lesson students, they often take private lessons, but once a month we stick them together and have them come and learn about something they can all share or have them play together because it's a whole different dynamic than being in a classroom one-on-one with the teacher. Yes, I totally agree. And yeah, when I think about like my son who he takes piano lessons, all by himself, you know, he has a private lesson, and, you know, so often I'm like, oh, it would be so cool if, if somewhere, you know, he, there was somewhere where he could go that he saw that there's all these other kids that are playing piano, because I think it just, it reinforces everything that they're learning when they get in that group setting. Yeah, it's definitely a different skill set, for sure. I know a couple of years ago, we were involved with an activity downtown, and we took several of our private music lesson students and put them in a situation where there were other kids from the high school band and their job was to jam. There was really no sense of, well, what does that mean and how do I do that? So now it's important for us too to make sure they're in that situation and given the opportunity to, yeah, see what other kids are doing or maybe they have a different style they like or there's always something to be learned by watching others, not from a comparison perspective, but really just about, gosh, I really like how this person does that. What if I try it? You know, how does, how does that particular movement or how does that technique fit on my body or, or my fingers or me playing my instrument? Yeah, definitely. Well, Maggie, we're getting to the end of our time together, but I want to make sure that if parents have questions for you specifically about your journey through dance and working with different levels or your thoughts on mindfulness, what is the best way for them to contact you? 
So me personally, I'm on Facebook. That's my that's my main my main thing. Um, Maggie Kazemba. I'm also on Instagram. It's at M Kazemba. Or if they want to reach me through the studio, we have our website. It's www.spokaneelitedance.com or Facebook, Spokane Elite Dance Studio, or Instagram, at Spokane Elite Dance. So definitely no shortage of ways to get in touch with Maggie. So certainly for all you no. there, yeah, there, if you want to reach out to Maggie, she's definitely in lots of places across the, the internet. So Maggie, what is one parting piece of advice you can leave our listeners with today? I would say, you know, it, we're so busy and I think parents can really help us reinforce for all of the arts, that sense of mindfulness in just like, having a five minute conversation with your kids where you're doing nothing but being curious about them. And so whether you're, you know, commenting on something that, you know, that's outside of the window or something like that, just asking them questions, let them use their imagination and think. And even if it's totally weird or wrong, you know, don't tell them that, just let them go with it. Let them imagine and create on their own and it really does um, translate into the creativity that they show in their own artwork because they're starting to learn about the world around them and they're seeing that their parents are genuinely interested in them and their ideas and that just bolsters their confidence as well. And that's such an easy piece of advice to take and implement today. Be curious about your kids ask them questions and you never sort of know where that conversation is going to lead. I love it. Excellent. Well, Maggie, I want to thank you so much for your time today and you're providing such valuable information for our listeners. I look forward to seeing all the new and excellent things you're going to be doing through your new studio space and everything else you're doing for your community. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to the Raising Smart Kids podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast, please share us with a friend and head on over to iTunes and leave us a review there and let us know you're enjoying the show. If you're looking for more tips on raising smart kids, head to Amazon.com and pick up a copy of my first book, Raising a Superhero, How to Unleash Your Child's Eight Superpowers and Propel Learning Through the Arts. Thanks for allowing me to be your guide on this parenting adventure, and I look forward to catching you next time.